know, you know, you, sometimes you just get a little, little something from the Lord. Um, but I'm going to follow through on it. If somebody needs to be, or you feel like you would, you just need hands laid on, you need something's going on in your body. I feel like it's a sickness. There's something that you're just struggling with, and uh, you, you thought in your, you already thought, you already, you know, I, I need to be, I want to be prayed for, and I'd like for somebody to lay their hands on me and pray over me. If that's you, would you just praise the Lord? Well, Ronnie, come up here. Come up here. Let me lay my hands on you and pray over you, and just believe the Lord to touch you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God knows what's going on in your, in your body. Is it a physical thing? Physical thing? Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Bob, you have some more? Praise the Lord. Can I say that or is that something that's private? Okay. Uh, Ronnie said that uh, had an EKG, he's going to have to have it checked up further. Is that right? That's right. And blood pressure's gone up. So he needs a touch in there, in the area of his heart. Okay? So let's just believe. You know, the Bible says if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That Jesus through the stripes that he bore has provided for us healing and health. In the name of the Lord, the first thing I do is I rebuke the spirit of fear that would come and lie to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that we that is replaced as the Holy Spirit moves on, on Ronnie right now, that's replaced with a peace, a peace and a confidence and a surety in you, Lord Jesus, that will flood him uh, throughout his, his entire being in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. Then, O oh Lord, I lay my hands on him right now and anoint him with oil, and I give you praise that your anointing for healing is flowing into him now. And I just speak to your heart, your vascular system, your circulatory system, and I say you be well, be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that he right there in the name of the Lord receive that anointing hallelujah and Lord may it just go in and begin to work and stay and abide inside him thank you Lord the blood pressure normalize now in Jesus name and thank you Father uh, no blockages nothing of that sort when, uh, no uh, misfiring in the name of the Lord we just worship you Father that you just minister wholeness to him right now. He'll be able, he'll live long and live strong in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm gonna pray over you in the Holy Spirit for a minute. Praise the Lord, just because I'm urged to by the by the Lord. Praise the Lord. We all just pardon. I'm just gonna pray in tongues over him for a minute. So praise the Lord. If you want to agree with me, that'd be good. Praise God. No Yerida bando horamete le suofo sopa ti fese kisyanda lestia moromba ti kanande dibisto to horibesta vari diaso to horabaka. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You, you help our infirmities. We don't know how to pray. Hote brosheve indolo safatiasia with intercession. And I thank you that you're interceding right now. Hallelujah. For a, a total wellness. For total wellness in his life, in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. 
Hallelujah. And Lord, we believe that we receive everything that the Holy Spirit has prayed in addition to what we had with our understanding. In Jesus' name, because we trust the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right, my friend. It's not the same. Never the same after we pray and release our faith. All right? Okay, man. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Everybody say with me, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Anybody need a Bible for the study tonight? Anyone need one? If you just lift your hand so you can read the scriptures, maybe you forgot to bring your Bible or uh, may not have a Bible, then uh, we have plenty. Yeah, there you go. That way we can all look up the scriptures together and, and uh, study together. Amen. Would you just make a, a confession of faith with me over the word that we're about to hear? Say it with me. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I receive my Bible as God speaking to me. Therefore, I hear from God when I study my Bible. I understand his word by the Holy Spirit who dwells and lives inside me. Tonight as I hear the word, my faith will be energized. I confess, I'll not only hear it, I'll also do it. Because I hear it and I do it. My life won't stay the same. Thank you, Lord, for your life-changing, ever-living, miracle-working word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right. The scripture uh, that's going to be uh, our focus, kind of the, the root scripture for our study, and, and actually for the next uh, few weeks, I'm not sure, maybe two or three weeks here, maybe even four weeks, it's going to be 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. So if you would turn there, please. We want to read it together. I'm going to read verse 11 and 12. Uh, but we're just going to take this passage and uh, let the Lord talk to us out of this, out of this for, for a little while, okay? Praise the Lord. Any, when you have it, kind of wave at me so I'll know we're together here, okay? Anybody got it? 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Praise the Lord. All right, I got it. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. Here we go. All right, verse 11 says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness and godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. By the way, that flee these things, of course, we didn't read up above that. It, it, he, he had been talking to them about um, the f having a focus and the destructiveness of having a focus of greed, wealth, and, you know, and lust, and, you know, living for those kinds of things. So he says, you know, that, that's not where you focus on. But here's what you do. You, you uh, pursue righteousness, or right standing with God. Godliness, that's uh, the fear of the Lord, uh, the life of reverence to God. Then faith, uh, that's confidence and trust in, in, uh, in, in God. Love, we know about that. Patience. Anybody need that tonight besides me? And then gentleness. Verse 12. This is our, this is our, our uh, focus now. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
So for the next, you know, few weeks, I want, I want to teach you on understanding um, how to fight the good fight of faith. And let's just discuss a few things there. I'm, I'm going to be using, of course, the scriptures are always our textbook. They should be our textbook, amen. But I'm also going to be using as a textbook um, another little uh, book uh, that was written by Dr. Kenneth Hagin back in the 80s. And uh, it's by the same name that we're going to be calling our study. It's understanding how to fight the good fight of faith. Some of you may have it in your libraries and uh, you know, if you do, then you may want to go and dig it out, and and uh, it would be good for you to read it, read ahead, you know. And so, um, but I'm going to be using some of the things from this this little booklet to um, um, as a kind of a text for for our study. Okay, praise the Lord. So we're talking about understanding how to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. It's no surprise to any of you here tonight that uh, there there is a fight there is struggles that go on in our life there is a fight we we you know uh, we don't gang fight fist fight or whatever but there is what you would call a fight even after we come to know the lord and here we are we're living for jesus uh, but there is there there is a, a contending that we have in in our lives um, other places in the scriptures besides this one refers um to the conflicts that we are confronted with daily. First, First Timothy one and, and eighteen. Paul, for example, he he speaks in using that language of warfare or the soldier or or fighting a warfare, and he speaks to Timothy there, and he tells him that he is to um, to wage a good warfare according to the uh, in or, or in accordance with the prophecies, the words that have been spoke over you. So there was a, so there's a contending there for the things that God's spoken into your life, said to you, either maybe prophetically or He said to you through the Word. There is a contending there. Ephesians six uh, talks a great deal about the conflict that we're in there. You know, uh, verse ten: Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you can stand. Verse twelve talks to us how we wrestle. We are, there's a conflict. We wrestle not there against flesh and blood, but against y'all know the scripture, right? Or against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, Paul spoke to the church at Corinth, and just I was just there. Hallelujah! He spoke to the church at. At, at Corinth, and he, he talked to them about the weapons that we have. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're, they're what? They're mighty. So, you know, so this, this is not an alien subject, you know, that believers deal with. There, there is, there is a, a conflict, you know, there is struggles. There are things that even though we love the Lord, we've come and given our part to God, you know, but th that we still go with. But then the scripture that, that we read here to begin with, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Frankly, to me, this, this, this one scripture kind of uh, frames the, conf the conflict in one of the most accurate ways that you could possibly view um, the realities of this struggling that we have in our life. He says, fight the good fight. Of faith. First of all, he lets us know there, there is a fight. There is a, uh, you know, something that we engage in. And he says it's a good fight, a good fight. Amen. 
So, uh, you know, good, it's a winning fight. Everybody say, I'm, I'm a candidate to win, praise the Lord. We're always a candidate to win, amen. It says, fight the good fight, the good conflict, and it says, of faith, of faith. Fight the conflict, fight the fight of faith. So the, 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 the fight that the Christian is called to, now please get it, the fight that we are called to is a fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. If you just went to your, uh, you know, sometimes those two little, two little, two letter words, they hold the key you know, to the understanding of the rest of the whole sentence there. And you fight the fight of faith. Fight that is connected to faith. We fight a fight that has a connection to faith or with faith. That is associated with faith. That is our, that's the focus uh, that the, the, the Spirit of the Lord is pressing us to. Is to realize that our fight is not a fight with people. It's not a fight with things. It's not a fight with circumstances. It's not a fight with anything. Our fight, our contending is for the faith. It rises up out of and focuses on or in reference to faith. What kind of faith? Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in God's word. Faith in what he has said. The truthfulness of the Lord. Can he be trusted? Amen. What is his promises? That's our, that's our, our fight. Amen. The fight of faith. And I think a lot of times, you know, we've probably all been, maybe not you, I, you know, I've probably been guilty of it, but uh, we read that fight the fight of faith and uh, we say, wow, you know, my goodness, particularly if we're going through a time that's a struggling time, and we all have those times, and we see the first word and we forget the rest of it, you know, we, we, it's just fight, so we do, we, we struggle and, and, and we fight, we fight life, you know. Come on, I, you know what I'm saying. We, we fight, we struggle, we're trying everything. We're pulling every switch that we know to pull and punch every button and, you know, and trying to do it. And we end up fighting, we fight circumstances. We fight, uh, surely none of you, but, you know, fight people. And, you know, we're always fighting, you know. We take pride in the fact, man, I'm, you know, nobody fights any harder than I fight. And sometimes we, 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 are not focusing the fight in the right way. We have a wrong concept of the fight and the struggle and the contending uh, that we are to be doing. We are to be contending in the faith. We contend for the faith. Amen? Somebody say amen. We contend for the faith. But the word didn't say for us to just fight. He didn't say for us just to struggle and, you know, and try to, to make everything work, contend with all the worries and the problems and trials of life. It says to fight the fight that is associated with or in reference to faith. Amen. Say it with me. It's the fight of faith. It's the fight of faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, there wouldn't be any need to fight a fight of faith if there wasn't an obstacle to faith. Is that correct? If there wasn't a hindrance to faith, why would you fight a fight of faith if there wasn't anything, you know? So um, what we want to do is, is look at some of the hindrances of faith. There's enemies of our faith. You have enemies of your faith. Praise the Lord. And the enemies of your faith are the thing. It's not your circumstances. It's not people. It's not money. The enemies of your faith is what cause you to fall short 
of the realization of the glory of God and the blessing of the Lord in your life. Amen. So one of the, one of the most basic, so we're just going to kind of lay a foundation tonight, but one of the, the most basic of enemies to our faith can just, it can be all shaken down to a lack of understanding. Well, it's a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding uh, of God and his ways and his word. A lack of knowledge and understanding. I'm speaking to Pastor Albert right now. It's a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding of God's word and God's ways. Amen. So that, you know, this is, this is it's just at the essence of becoming a person who excels in fighting the good fight of faith. Hebrews 3.10 says uh, that God was talking, and he said, this is why I was angry with the generation. He says, because their heart was always going astray. They have not known my ways. Why did their heart go astray? Why, why did they, you know, they didn't know God's ways? And they didn't pursue God's ways. They didn't choose to know God's ways. He's talking about children of Israel. And here it's a reference to them and their journeys of 40 years in the wilderness. In the 67th Psalm, verse 1 and 2, it's a prayer of deliverance. And it's, it was a prayer that was written and delivered to the choir. So they would sing this thing. And the, and the prayer was this, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all the nations, that his ways may be known on the earth. Praise the Lord. So write this down. Write this, write this down. Winning the fight of faith, just write that down. Winning the fight of faith starts with gaining knowledge and understanding of God, his word, and his ways. Did I do it too fast for you? Did you get it? Praise the Lord. Okay, let me, let me say it again. All right. Winning the fight of faith starts with gaining knowledge and understanding of God, his word, and his ways. Amen talking about coming to know what he said and what he continues to say why pastor says so, so that we'll know what to believe so that we will know what we can believe and then we can grow in confidence and truth uh, in his truthfulness and his faithfulness here's another truth um, I'd encourage you to write this down you can't believe beyond your awareness we can't believe beyond our awareness. We could say our knowledge of, you know, our awareness of what, our, our, our awareness of God's word and God's ways. You can't believe beyond. In other words, simply this, you, you, can't, you can't believe for what you're not even aware exists. You can't believe for what you're not aware is available. This is why it's so important. So this, the fight of faith starts with, it starts with the pursuit of, uh, of the knowledge of God and the understanding of God in his word. Amen. You can't believe for something that's not even in your scope. Amen. A lack of awareness, a lack of knowledge, a lack of our understanding. 
results in non-belief. It results in non-belief. We might say unbelief or a lack of faith in or for something that God has for us. And that's where a lot of uh, times that we get hung up as Christians, you know, we, um, you have to realize that there is so, there's so much wonder, uh, you know, don't get religious on me here now. Just think with me. There's so much wonder. There's so much grace. There's so much blessing. There, there are so many benefits and, 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 and promises and provisions that Jesus has purchased for us that we do not even yet know, that we are not aware of. You can't believe what you're not aware of. So we study the scriptures to become more aware. This is why the word is so wonderful. It, you know, it's like honey. And you get it. And the more you get it, it, it carries with it not just an excitement, but it carries with it a richness of our lives as we find out more and more how God is and what he thinks and how he's, you know, what is he, what is he said? What is he said about that? Amen. Amen. So, you know, all of this is, is there's so much more that is uh, available to us, but our lack of uh, awareness leaves us in a place of unbelief. And I'm not saying disbelief. I'm not saying that we refuse to believe. I'm saying we just don't know to believe. So it's unbelief, non, non-belief, because we had no opportunity to have faith in in what we don't know about, praise the Lord. So, this is kind of the essence of the study that I want to do these next few weeks. Is I want to look at some of the things. Of course, they're brought out here by Brother Hagen, uh, that, but they're, they're major things that we need to know and understand in order to fight the good fight of faith. Okay, so that's where we are. All right, put a big number one there. What are some of these things? We're just let's just, let's just start by laying a really good foundation and the first thing uh, that we need to thoroughly know and understand is what God says about the new birth what does God say about redemption what does God say about the benefits of redemption or redemptive rights what's the new what is what's the new birth what is it what it actually is and what does it mean and what are the benefits that it provides to the believer because remembering, remember the, the tenant that you can't believe for what you're not aware of. And you may be saved and, and not understand anything about it, and it hinder you in your pursuit to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Amen? So go with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter seven, uh, chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 17. And let's, let's just talk tonight about uh, this, this new birth. What, you know, what is it about that? Help me to understand it, Lord, about the new birth. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Praise the Lord. Have you found it? Everybody found it? All right. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul's writing, and he says, Therefore... If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Does anybody have a King James Bible? Is anybody reading King James? Do you have King James? Um, uh, if, if you notice in your King James, there is, there is some added words. There are italicized words, so they're added. The word there, he is, it says, it literally reads, therefore, if any man be in Christ, 
a new creature. It just jumps right to it. Of course, it just tries to clarify for us. And it says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The uh, new King James says that if any man or anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It's another word that is used or a different uh, way that's expressed. The Living Bible, I, I love sometimes just the transliteration of the Living Bible. It says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. Hallelujah. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Praise the Lord. It's a terrific scripture in it. If any man be in Christ. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be in Christ? Somebody tell me that. What is he talking about? Born again. If any man born again, if they receive Christ. Amen. If they um, uh, enter into uh, Christ, Christ being uh, Messiah. Amen. They come into the Lord. So then he is, is added, he's, he is a new creature, a new creature. Um, the margin says new, uh, new creation. The Greek word for it is, I can't pronounce it, it's K-T-S-I-S, and it, it means uh, something that is totally different and new, like if it's a new building, you know, or a new uh, a creation of some kind, a new species, something new and different, something new and different. So think of yourself now. Okay, so have you come into Christ? Amen. You came into Christ. When you came into Christ, uh, something happened. You became a new creature, a new creation. A, as one translation says, a new species of, of being. Praise the Lord. So when we come to, the, to Christ, we become a new new creature. What does that mean? What does it mean to become a new creature? How many of you ever seen anybody uh, be born again? Have you ever seen anybody? Sure. Most uh, everyone. We've seen somebody uh, be born again and uh, experience the new birth. Did they look any different? I mean, in, you know, in physical, maybe their countenance, you know. Yeah, countenance there is, but they, did, they, did their hair change colors? No. Uh, you know, the features didn't change. They had a long nose. They got a long nose now. If they had, you know, big feet, they got big feet. After it's over, eyes, color, nothing changes. Height, weight, you know, you don't get saved and get a 50-pound shed. We'd all want to get saved over and over and over again. But so here, here's what he is. When, he, when, we, when we come to Christ and we're born again, the Scripture says we become a new creature, a new creation. So first thing that we realize is that we're not talking about the outward man. We're not talking about a, a change of the outward body. There's nothing having to do with the outward, um, outward man. But we're talking about here an inward man, the inward man, the man on the inside, which is the uh, man's spirit. Um, if you back up a little bit, we were reading in 2 Corinthians 5. If you look in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16, the scripture says, therefore, we don't lose heart, even though our outward man, now watch the distinction that Paul makes very clearly to them, our outward man is perishing, our inward man, or yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So a clear distinction here is made by the apostle Paul of an outward man and an inward man. Amen. He says the outward man that we see in the physical is decaying. And it is, uh, you know, it's the body. The body breaks down. And uh, 
But the inward man is totally different. The inward man, the man that is on the inside, is renewed every day. The inward man refers to the eternal part of man. It's the spirit of, of man. Amen. So, so we've got an outward man and an inward man. When we are born again, uh, what, what is born again? The inward man. Is that right? It's the inward man. Now, until you were born again, you aren't even aware that there was an inward man. Amen? Until you're born again. You don't even know it. You don't even think about it. You, don't, you, you, you just live life. And you touch the physical world, you touch the natural world, but you, you know, you don't even know that there is a, a part of you that can be brought, uh, made alive by God and then brought into a relationship with him. You have no idea because you have never experienced it. Amen. So, you know, until the new birth, we only have the capacity to, to think and to see ourselves from the physical or from the natural realm, from that viewpoint. But after we're born again, thank you, Lord Jesus, this just, this just helps us to see how different we are, praise God, how different, what kind of a different creature we are after the new birth, praise the Lord. After we're born again, we realize, wow, there's, there's something different here. There's a new world. I know that when I gave my heart to the Lord, um, I wasn't, you know, highly emotional. I didn't, you know, I didn't run and shout and, you know, and swing from the rafters, you know, and all that stuff. Was, probably didn't see anything on my face. However, on the inside, something on the inside began to make its way to the outside. Amen. And 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 when I was born again, I began to realize there's a there's another world. There's my, my, there's my spirit. Literally, the scripture says that our spirit begins to bear witness with the Holy Spirit. There's something on the inside that has changed. Look in Romans chapter 8 and verse 16 and 17, and here it is described. It's described. And um, we can connect it to this teaching. He says, for you've not received the spirit of bondage again to, uh, again to fear, but you received the spirit of it's a big S, the Holy Spirit. You have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. When we're born again, we receive the Holy Spirit, and now we're made alive, and our, our, our spirit now begins to make that connection, a relational connection with God, our Father. Verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Praise the Lord. So, new birth, we're talking about our inward man. There is a change. We become a new creature. We even looked at, and the scripture describes us as a dead, you know, dead on the inside until the, the new birth happens. The answers to, to our real needs, uh, they, they never can be addressed by the natural physical world only. They, they never can. You know, our the, the our our real, the answers to our real needs can only be addressed uh, through the realm of the spirit. Praise the Lord, through spiritual, through spiritual things. So before we had knowledge and awareness of Jesus as our Savior, we, we had this fallen nature. We, we had this uh, nature of sin and iniquity and evil. 
and we couldn't we couldn't change you know I tried so many times to change myself anybody besides me I tried so many times to change myself I tried to do good I tried to think good I tried to act good and I couldn't I was just I was just a stinker I tried and tried and you know that was one of the things that the devil used against me for so long because uh, to keep me really from having a relationship with the Lord because I would try sincerely with everything within me to be better and it didn't take but you know sometimes 10 minutes maybe I make a day you know and, and I just I just couldn't I just couldn't I could not change myself but praise the Lord when the new birth happened God made the change I became a new creature everybody say a new creature in Christ Jesus we became a new creature and we were given then new life with a new nature that is after God's heart praise the Lord now let's go back here Paul goes on uh, to describe the change in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, old things that are the original, the previous, are passed away. They, they, they've just gone past you. They've gone past you. They're gone. They're in the past. Praise the Lord. Think about it that way. The old things are passed away. Amen. Behold, all things, everything, are become new. New, newly made fresh. It's a new kind. I was looking in, in one of my uh, Greek dictionaries and it said that that word refers to, to that that is unused and uncommon. Hallelujah. All things have become new. You say, well, Pastor, where are we going with this? Take it back to our, to our study. We're talking, about, we're talking about preparing ourselves to win the fight of faith amen and it all starts with knowledge it starts with understanding uh, of who of what happens to us who we are when we come into Christ that we are we, we are a new creature we're no longer the same person we're no longer the same beings we no longer fight the fight the same way amen uh, we're no longer just connected to the physical looking for answers in the physical natural world we're no longer living in a powerless in a powerless condition, struggling to just try to change ourselves and trying to change our circumstances and, and fight and struggle. And, uh, you know, that's, that's all we had before. But now we're no longer that way, no longer in a world where it seems like that everything is stacked against us. I mean, you know, when you come into Christ, everything can be stacked against you, against you in the natural, and that can be okay because your answers are going to come by the power of God in the Spirit. Hallelujah. But we're no longer, you know, we don't live that way, vulnerable to whatever, you know, uh, uh, a cursed world can throw at us. The new birth, the new birth has made us a new creation in God. Praise the Lord. With new life. Hallelujah. With new nature. With a new covering. With a new way. With a new covenant. With new promises. With new protection. Praise the Lord. And that old life has passed away. It's all passed away. All things have become new. And thank you, Lord. It's not just, you know, they're not left to just mental changes and struggles in our own and our will. I, 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 
you know, the, there is the exercise of our will. God expects us to, uh, to use that. It's the strongest part of your soul is, is the will of man, probably, you know, the will to choose right and wrong. However, thank God we're not just left uh, to try to win our battles uh, in that way. And this new man, he fights life different. Hallelujah. We, we, uh, you know, our fight has changed. My fight's not with people. My fight's not with circumstances. My fight is a fight of faith. It's the fight to contend for the faith, the faith to believe God, the faith to hold on to my confidence and my trust that what God said is what God meant and that he can't fail. Praise the Lord. Whatever he said he would do for us, he will do for us. And, in, and, and we do that, the, you know, the struggle sometimes is, is we, we do that in the face, we face that, we do that in the face of fear. We do that, that's one, that's one of your greatest, you know, attacks is the emotion of fear. We do that in the face of fear. We, we fight the fight of face, faith in the face of fear, in the face of circumstances. I'm not trying to change my circumstances. I'm just, I'm just contending to keep my faith in God. Because as a new creature, God has promised a new life. Is anybody getting this or not? So knowledge and understanding of the new birth, um, our redemption, uh, is one of the, the most foundational keys to preparing a believer to fight the good fight of faith. Then, uh, once we, we begin to understand that, then we move, we begin to move forward. Amen. We move forward. And the next step the next step would be to determine, you know, it's, it's, your, it's your new man that's been born again. It's in connection to God. But now we have to make a determination that we're going to let the new man dominate our life. How do you know that your brain didn't get born again? Your body didn't get changed? You're all the same. But now there has to be a, who's been in dominion all this time? Your flesh has been in dominion all your life. And now we have to make a determination uh, that we're going to, we're, we're going to let this new man, this new life, uh, dominate, dominate us. So, you know, uh, let me give you a scripture there. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Uh, the Apostle Paul deals with that thing. In fact, he indicates that he himself, it's a, you know, it's a part of the fight of faith that, that he himself goes through. He said this about it in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He says, I discipline my body. I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. Well, what is the I? I discipline. That's the inward man. Discipline my body. What's that? That's the outward man. I discipline my body, and I bring it, this outward man, my body, I bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself become disqualified. I discipline. I put it under. I subject it. Subject it to what? Subject it to, to the new life, to, to the new created being. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so that I can rule over my body, praise the Lord, and not be subjected to just my flesh. So after, after, after we're born again, we, we have this flesh we contend with. You do, right, every day? And, and you know, does your flesh ever want to do things that you know are not best, not right? Not Ivy, I know. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, admitting that it's true. Paul had the same deal. I mean, he's the apostle, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. 
He said, I have to put mine under. Amen. So, you know, this is where we did. And now, now we begin to move forward. We understand we're a new creature. We're not the same. But now we've got to let that new man, he's got to come forward. He's got, he's got to be allowed and to subjugate our, our flesh. And that's where the devil fights. He fights you in your flesh. You know, he fights you in your flesh. And he, and he, he accuses you and he, he tries to uh, condemn you, you know, and, you know, and, and make you feel. You ever had the devil, uh, those thoughts bombard you, you know? Well, if you was a real Christian, you wouldn't even think that. You wouldn't talk that. Where did that come from? You was a real Christian, you know. You wouldn't have said that if you was a real Christian. If you was really born again, you're not really. Oh, yeah. And then he'll bring up something that, that you did. Uh, maybe you was already saved, you know, but you was a baby Christian. He'll bring up something that you did then. Not too long ago. I'm not going to tell you what it was. <laughs> but not too long ago, I, the, I had the devil do that. He was just really trying to put in a, guilt, a guilt trip on me, you know, and bring up. You know, well, you, you know, he, who you, you think you, you are, you know, your pastor. You remember what you did? La, 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 la. You was, you, you, you said you was already saved. You have to go back. Now, if you're going to fight a good fight of faith, you better go back and realize that the new birth, what it has done for you. It has moved you over into a new realm. Amen. And the devil wants to, he, he, he wants to condemn you. And he wants to put you, uh, you know, you got to remember that your fight, your fight is one to keep the focus of faith and lack of understanding and who you are. The new birth is going to do that. It's going to pull you away. Amen. Doesn't matter how vile your sin was. It, it doesn't matter what he throws to entice you. We strengthen our position of faith by knowing that with the new birth, <laughs> with the new birth came came remission of sin and forgiveness of sin remission of sin what is remission anybody can you tell me what remission is or remission of sin huh help me with you no longer active that's one that's one aspect of remission you know we use that like in the like a disease goes into remission but it means it, uh, remission, the remission of sin, as referred to in the New Testament, is an act by God of pardon. It's a sending away. It's an absolute absolution. Is that a word? Absolving you of your past sin. You, your sins are remitted. They're absolutely pardoned. And any penalty that was associated with the commission of that sin has been absolved. Thank the Lord. The new birth brings about a remission of sin, and it brings about forgiveness of sin. So now, you know, uh, God's not mad at you, and he's not holding things against you. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's not like, he's not like people. Yeah, I forgive you. But I'll tell you what. Mm, I don't know if I'll ever forget it. No, 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 no. As far as the east is to the west, God has forgiven us. Amen. A new creature. 
Now, what's the next thing? The next thing is that, as the scriptures tells us, 1 Peter 2, 2, that as a new more babe, we are to desire the sincere milk of the word. Get into it so that we can, we can grow. Praise the Lord. So I'm, uh, I'm finishing in 50 seconds. Praise the Lord. These simple, simple principles, and this is just the first one, um, they help establish us position us in the place where we can fight the good fight of faith and not get sidetracked. Can I have an amen? Praise the Lord. That's, that's ground zero. That's where our, our victory starts is learning uh, this truth. And the pr first one is the new birth because that's the first thing that happens to you when you come to God. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right. Um, we'll pick this up again next Wednesday and um, we'll just go from there. Is that all right? Father, we love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us and helping us, oh God. And thank you, Lord, that we uh, have a reminder. We've been reminded tonight that our fight, our struggle, is not a, one of the natural. God, help us to not, not live, not live like we did before we were born again, struggling, fighting, trying to do everything we can to make it in life, and change our circumstances and worry. And Lord, help us to know it's not the same. That because we're new creatures, all things are new. And that right now, oh God, our main, our just, our, our main goal is just keep the faith. Praise God. Keep our eyes on you. Keep our trust in you. Learn of you. And learn your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right, guys, love you much. See you on Sunday. Make your way down front.